everyone, and welcome to Food Disruptors, an IFT podcast that brings you the latest insights and perspectives from some of the brightest minds in the science of food. Each episode, our guests discuss the ever-changing intersection of entrepreneurship, innovation, and science and their role in advancing the global food system. Now, in today's episode, I'm joined by Harper Hall and Erica Jenkins from Ingredion, and love to start out sort of, you know, introducing ourselves a little bit and our pronouns. So, Matt Teagarden, he, him. My name is Harper Hall. My pronouns are he, him, or they, them. I'm Erica Jenkins. I use the she, her pronouns. Excellent. And together, we're going to discuss careers, employee engagement, why diverse talent makes for an amazing workplace, what it feels like to bring your full self to work, and how Ingredion is working to retain top talent. Now, in a recent IFT compensation and career study, 41% of respondents said that seeking more supportive management was their reason for leaving an organization, while 62% said that higher salary was their main reason to jump. While compensation has soared overall, in the last year, it is just one of the many ways organizations have worked to retain talent. So let's jump in and talk talent and retention. So Harper, you're a global flavor applications and technical service leader at Pure Circle by Ingredion. What does your job entail? Yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. Um, Right now, if I had to describe it more simply than my whole long title uh, (laughs) that Matt, you just did so well there, um, it would be a connector of dots. And that's where uh, really understanding and getting to the crux of uh, how we all operate a little bit differently and our diverse backgrounds and natures and capabilities uh, really kind of intersects with the communication that I have to be able to manage on the day to day. Um, a little bit different of, a, of an answer maybe than starting out as a food technologist type of, of an answer, but um, I'll go a little bit into my career. I've been with the organization for 15 and a half years. So wow. I've been, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really don't know where the time went. It, it is honestly um, my first real job, I'll say, out of college. I was uh, a long term intern, uh, probably a temp by definition, because I was there for eight months uh, as an intern at M&M Mars in a chef-driven team out of college. My background was initially baking pastry arts management from the Culinary Institute of America. So I started my career in that early space of research chef, right? Mm -hmm. When when those folks started hitting the industry. And uh, one thing that I, I had wanted to mention actually was not only what do I do today and kind of where I've been, but but how I got into Ingredion at all. Uh, one of the key culture drivers that, that even supported me and removed some barriers to access in the first place was a culture of willingness to hire new graduates, hmm. which I think is really, really key to take a chance on a new graduate uh, that you don't know. They might stay with you for 20 years or more. Um, you know, I don't, don't know where I'll be in five years, but <laughs> for today, I've been here for a long time. Um, two other things that I'd like to hit on, of course, uh, continuing education support. I did get a second degree through the help of Ingredion and support of my, my managers at Ingredion. Uh, and that's integral to a lot of folks out there, uh, myself included. And then domestic partner benefits, if I can say that, being uh, bisexual being part of the LGBTQIA plus community uh, with an intersectionality there. Seeing that before marriage, same-sex marriage was legalized, that was an indicator that somebody was thinking about something 
at the organization. Don't ever underestimate the, the power of those silent signals to get folks from different communities in the door. <laughs> if I were to say something, you know, that's my soapbox. I'll get down from that for a minute. But I started my career as a colonologist with the organization, was there for about eight years before moving to technical service for North America for a sugar reduction specialty sweeteners team, where I was customer facing day in and day out and uh, reported into like eight different sales reps. Um, so again, communication is key. Uh, and now I have a global role leading um, trying to get technical service folks up and running and on the bench with the tools that we are selling through our taste program. It's essentially been starting up a new business within a business that's already existing. And uh, I've really been liking the, the project so far. That's great, Harper. And I think, you know, touching on sort of that, that aspect of you can have a, a place with cool technology that, you know, drives people to want to work there to work on that technology. But the idea, and we'll get definitely get into this later in the conversation, the idea of having some of those statements or policies that really make it seem like a welcoming place are, are so important for recruiting diverse and top talent. I mean, as a gay man, I know that the first thing I look at is the, you know, these statements with um, at a company in terms of DEI and, and benefits that are inclusive of, of everyone that might work there. So Thank you so much for, for calling that out. And we'll definitely, uh, I think, dive into some of those conversations uh, later in the episode. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about, and your background so interesting for this question, but you know, science and creativity. How have you grown and innovated over the years collaborating with others at Ingredion? It seems like a great place for that type of work. Yeah, collaboration is key. I think... Even early on, as a, so I'm a formulator. I'm not a product developer as such, uh, but I am a problem solver, right? Um, we come up uh, against a number of needs uh, for our ingredients, our tools, but we also have to understand the entirety of the, the product that our tools are going into. So definitely chemistry heavy, processing technology heavy, uh, even stability science heavy, right? We've got to understand all of that to be able to speak to those things. And that's where um, collaboration, listening in, listening in on how people are solving problems that you might be facing, uh, taking away those stories is critical because it allows us to think with agility, to think outside the box um, when we're faced with a, hey, typically, you know, this tool works to do this. But you're trying to do this. And and I've also heard some wacky stories about this. Why don't we do this? You know, um, I know that's a lot of uh, <laughs> speculation, but that is, you know, what, what a formulator really does have to do is speculate a bit, build on that, that or pull from that knowledge base that they have. And of course, uh, the broader your base is, the faster to solutions you can come. Um, and that, to me, uh, has been critical throughout my career, learning from those who've had a long tenure and know all the things that they know. Right. Absolutely. So, Erica, I'm going to turn to you. You have a little bit of a different perspective here coming from the HR world. You've been in human resources for about a decade. Tell me a little bit about your career journey at Ingredion and also your current role with their DBI initiatives. Yeah. Um <laughs> As someone who's celebrating a birthday today, thinking, or not today, but this week. Oh, happy birthday. 
Thank you so much. I'm like, you're saying almost a decade and I'm like, wow, now I'm, I really have to count these things. Um, right. But yes, <laughs> I've been with Ingredion. It's almost six years um, and I've been doing HR, supporting a manufacturing company um, for almost 10 years as of um, as, as you stated. Um, so thinking about my experience, I started off in the talent acquisition space um, from an HR perspective. So really thinking about how can we ensure that we are getting the best talent into our organization. Um, and that was always really rewarding work, um, having the conversations with people being so grateful um, for the opportunities that I was able to connect them with. Um, so that was always really something exciting. I've been a part of our talent management work. And so thinking about how can individuals develop and have the careers that they would like to have and be excited about and feel like, you know, they really are uh, connected in that regard. And so that's always been rewarding work. Um, and so I've had a lot of you know, different HR specific COE experience. Um, and growing my career, I'm thinking about really where do I find happiness? And it really is in that, you know, can, making people feel good about where, where they're at, right? And so um, my journey to DEI has always been, I guess, where I would be, but it hasn't always been a specific role that organizations we're hiring for. Oftentimes it was something that is embedded within an HR specific role and where you can within your role, um, you would be thinking about doing things through that inclusive lens, right? Or making the impact that you could really individually um, before organizations were really committed to having full on DEI goals and metrics and targets that they're focused on, right? And so um, 2020 happened and we all know what happened in 2020. Um, and so thinking about, you know, how that impacted my career, I was able to receive a full-time role within the DEI space, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so I'm really excited about the things that I get to support within Ingredion or lead within Ingredion, um, the individuals that I get to work with within um, Ingredion, really excited that my career has taken me to this place. That's great. And we're, we're definitely going to talk about a lot of the specifics about why Ingredion is a great place to work. And I, maybe thinking, you know, taking a step back, maybe even to, you know, 2020, 2021, that, you know, challenging time, that great resignation was real. Actually, according to IFT's uh, career survey, about like a quarter of the respondents to that survey switched jobs in the last year. How is Ingredion supporting employee retention? And Erica, I want to start with you from an HR perspective, because this is a, a real issue in the industry. I think first and foremost, we have to listen, right? So I think as an organization, really getting that understanding of what your employees are asking for is important. And I think um, we should come to this with an understanding that not every single employee is looking for the exact same thing. And so you do have to be a little bit individual in your approach um, to retention, right? And to listening to what employees really want. And I think organizations, the landscape of organizations have really evolved over the last couple of decades, um, thinking about who could be in the workplace, who could lead in the workplace is different. 
is still a work in progress, but different today than it was in, in years past. And so thinking about how managers are leading a group of individuals that no longer look exactly like they look, right? And so at Ingredion, we have really understood the importance that the role of a manager plays within an organization. And so we have done a lot of work to really embed inclusive practices or our, our DEI strategy within our different trainings that our managers and specifically people managers receive in the organization, knowing that they are going to be supporting uh, uh, different individuals from different marginalized communities. And so ensuring that how to lead inclusively and having those skills to be an inclusive leader are really um, something that our managers receive. And then I also think about it from our policies and our practices, right? So a little bit more within the HR house, how are we ensuring that our employees are protected by our policies or supported by the different policies or practices that we have in the organization? And so um, one thing that we do at Ingredion is we, we self um I, I, ID, I guess. We really commit to participating in external benchmarking surveys. And so I think about our Bloomberg Gender Equality Index or our HRC, our Human Rights Campaign Corporate Equality Index, and how we as Ingredion look to these surveys and complete these different indexes to have a deeper understanding of what opportunities exist for us to continue to improve, right? So we're listening to our employees, we're upskilling our people leaders, and we are looking looking to organizations to help us get an understanding of the direction that we should be going into um, to make sure that all of our employees really feel supported um, and want to stay within the organization. We love to hear it. I love the the comment too about upskilling the people managers because it, like we've said, and, and like the survey that we keep alluding to, IDEED is, you know, having those supportive leaders within your organization is just so critical. And this is obviously a, a critical component of it. Harper, from your perspective, what's your take on um, how Ingredion has has supported employees and, and what else the company has done to help with employee retention? Yeah, I have to say that I've been very, very fortunate. I've had some <laughs> tremendous managers in the past. They have helped me through my transition. Um, the organization has been there in so many different ways in the community uh, that is at the organization. Um, if I can share a story about my name change, <laughs> pronouns are still Please a little do. bit of a challenge. Um, but yeah, when I changed my name, the organization picked it up and ran with it so fast. I, I was almost like, wow, I'm in shock. I actually wasn't ready for that yet. So the level of support, uh, and I had been at the organization closeted for 12 years, actually. So this is where I know we'll get into business resource groups next and the importance of them. Um, but uh, Pride in particular started up in 2019 in June. And that was the first time I started talking to the organization about who I actually am. Uh, in in its entirety, my entirety. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it's just been a tremendous experience um, for me personally on that front. Uh, but having the faith of an organization to step out on a limb, try something right now, my job role, it's never existed in the organization before. It's a brand new model that we're, we're setting up for the organization. Uh, and to be given not only that opportunity from within the organization to do that, to be supported in such a way to grow and be given the opportunity to prove yourself, um, 
that that's been a huge experience for me in the last year just tremendous uh still day to day it's it's an interesting ride because no two days are the same um but it's working so it's been wonderful (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know that's kind of a meandering story but all over the place but just thoughts there's a lot of thoughts on that no (laughs) absolutely i mean i'm sure we could do a whole episode about you know coming out at work and things like that i think that all of these are are so important to just this larger narrative of why this is so important and why it matters that people can bring their whole selves to work because it's a huge part of our lives and we want to be able to participate in it fully. So let's maybe dive into some of the specifics that we keep alluding to and, you know, forgive the pun, but what are the ingredients at Ingredion that make it such a great place to work? I I know Ingredion talks about being all in to make life better. um, But what does that, that saying mean, Erica, from an organizational standpoint? Yes. So our employees, I think, really resonate with our purpose to make life better. And I think we're all really committed, right? We're all in to doing that, whether it be for ourselves or for our colleagues, um, the communities in which we do business, or whether it's for our customers and our products, right? And our service. So I think it's something that our employees are really passionate about. And I think that that would be the first ingredient, right? So thinking about employees who really do just want a chance to make a difference, right? So we are a global organization. And so really, no matter um, where you work in the company, we're really complex in the types of roles that we offer for our business. And so we're able to really have each of our employees be a part of creating the solutions, the ingredient solutions that help to really nourish or sustain our our customers. And so just having that opportunity to make life better is probably that first ingredient. And then I would say um, that when you have passionate people, they're they're really motivated to excel. And so you're thinking about how that supports innovation, right? We're always looking for better ways to do things, right? Whether it's improving a, a process or a product or a service in particular, or a relationship. I think that people who are passionate about that are always looking to to be motivated to excel. And so um, I think in return for that, our senior leaders are um, really committed or our organization is committed in, in totality to having a welcoming environment, right? So I think that speaks really to um, our core value, one of our core values, everyone belongs. We really embrace diversity. And I think we we are doing what we can to foster an inclusive environment and striving to be better and more inclusive every day um, so that our individuals within the organization really do feel supported um, and able to contribute their best every day. Um, and I think that by doing that, I think our employees um, and I think that our organization is really committed um, to offering Ingredion as a place for you to grow both professionally and personally. Um, And so I think that when you feel like you are in a place that is enabling you to fully be yourself and to grow and have the career that you would like to have or develop professionally or personally um, like you would. Uh, I think that that's really something um, that our employees appreciate. I also think that we've been talking about our business resource groups, but our business resource groups really foster this piece of the puzzle for those you know, personal connections, as well as those professional opportunities to grow. Um, and so I think that that enables us to really bring our full selves um, to work and provide the innovation and the collaboration that we all really are yearning for. 
Yeah. Thanks for bringing up the business resource groups. These are obviously an important piece of, of how companies can, can, you know, be more inclusive and, and create that inclusive environment. Others might call them um, employee resource groups, ERGs, maybe a little bit of perspective um, from Harper on, on how the uh, BRGs work and how as an employee has it sort of contributed to this feeling of inclusivity within Ingredion. Sure. Yeah. And and it ties strongly to day jobs as well. Right. I mean, I think that's important to recognize that uh, as a customer facing person or as a uh, global ingredient supporting person, um, looking at work through the lens of diversity, equity and inclusion or um, looking at how we can be better every day for Ingredient or for our customers to be able to provide better service, um, really getting to the heart of what it means uh, to work at your full capability uh, because you are able to be authentic in the workplace. I mean, that that to me has been um a lot of what the business resource groups have brought to me and my experience, but uh, also an opportunity to grow outside of your typical team, right? Yes, I was customer facing. Yes, I was doing a lot with uh, technical service, always out there with my sales reps, getting getting to really dig in at the heart of, um, you know, nerding out, I'll say all day long on the scientific stuff, which is wonderful. But uh, I was not able to get the leadership learning experience without the BRGs, I'll be quite honest. I actually flipped. Uh, I was a, a global BRG function before we changed our structure going into 2022, uh, which is another journey I'll touch on uh, in a second. But I was able to go from working in a global team with folks I never would have met otherwise. Um, you know, take some of those learnings back to how I functioned in my day job, which was North America supporting. Then when the opportunity came for a leadership role in a brand new position that was global, I was able to say, I've done some work with some folks in these key regions. And actually some of these folks were the technical leaders that I was going to be working with in my new job um, that I had access to previously just because of working for the business resource group. And I was able to take my learnings of actually getting, I'll say it, it's going to go on my tombstone, I swear, but uh, restroom access um, for mm. all gender uh, restrooms at Ingredion. I was able to take on that project, navigate with senior leadership, ELT, you know, executive leadership team folks, high ranking folks, well above where my pay grade would have allowed me to have access to, uh, to have these conversations and get a foot in the door building relationships to get access to something that we'd never had before at the organization. Um, and empower others to do the same because we had our team in, in Hamburg, Germany actually did the same thing after I got access in New Jersey uh, at that facility there. So, um, you know, <laughs> and then when I applied for the new job, I was like, this is what I've done. Uh, and and it allowed me to, to, again, open some doors to something else that's not that I've never had access to before. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to it, that's that's just a great way to leverage business resource groups, even if you're not, you know, coming out in a big way. <laughs> right. Harper, every time you talk about all the things that you have done to support the community and then our employees at Ingredion. I just, I, I love working with people like you and I, I love working with our business resource groups. I think 
I think Harper hit on a lot of these things is it helps with people's exposure for one. And I think looking at business resource groups truly as more than like event planners, right. And looking at them as really strategic um, partners um, and treating our business resource groups as um, a development, a developmental program, a leadership development program, right. Similar to other programs that maybe your talent management teams put together. I think is how we can kind of reach the goals that we are setting for ourselves as an as an organization. So it's really twofolded when you think about the impacts um, of employee resource groups. And I know um, Harper mentioned that we adjusted our structure for how we were um, viewing our business resource groups going into 2022 to make it more of like um, connected to our other cultural activation groups. So I think that our cultural teams are, are, are really important to creating the culture within our groups. And so we have ones that are fully uh, committed to diversity in regards to like, like our, our pride group, our black employee resource group, our Asian employee resource group, our people with disabilities, right? So thinking about inclusion from um, some of those uh, layers of diversity. So we have those groups represented in our cultural kind of impact team is what we refer to them as. Um, and then we also have um, two other groups that support some of that cultural, that culture of our organization, right? So we have a well-being team as well that's really focused um, and connected to our total rewards team. And so thinking about your emotional, mental, physical, and even financial well-being and putting strategies together um, that really support that. So if you're passionate um, um, within our organization about physical, mental, Mental, emotional, financial well-being, you can join um, our well-being group as well. And then thinking about um, our connection to sustainability, we have an all-life team as well. And so thinking about how um, if you are an individual that's really passionate about sustainability efforts or volunteering initiatives and um, being able to participate in those types of groups. Um, not only are you um, able to have a vehicle for your passion, right? I think a lot of times people are like, what do I do? How I hear about these things happening and climate change and, you know, uh, Roe versus, versus Wade and all of these things. Um, how can I really support? What does that look like? And so I think that this is a way that you can support um, the things that are happening in the community, as well as um, provide yourself with opportunities for advancement um, by getting that exposure and connecting that and getting that tied to the business. Um, I also think that just personally, it's a way to create your own community as we're thinking about why do people stay at organizations? It's really because they feel a sense of belonging, right? It's not only, you know, you know, getting this paycheck, but why do I want to stay specifically within this organization? It's because I really feel connected to it and um, that I'm able to um, see the benefits of, of being here as well. So just wanted to piggyback off of what Harper was saying. That's great. And I think you're, you're really highlighting, a really comprehensive approach to this where, you know, it's you're appreciating diversity, equity, and inclusion from sort of a lot of different angles at Ingredient. And I, that's so powerful. And I think a lot of places will talk about this type of work and it, it feels a little bit like lip service, I guess, to be honest. It's like, oh, we're, we're doing it because we feel like we have to. But, you know, I, I'd love to dive a little bit into how some of these efforts have contributed to Ingredion becoming a more diverse workplace even over the past couple of years. So, you know, how has um, 
these how have these efforts sort of contributed to innovation, corporate culture, sense of belonging? How have we seen improvements at Ingredion because of these efforts? Erica, maybe I'll start with you and then Harper will move to you. Yeah, I, I think that for sure we are seeing improvements in, in all of those regards. I think thinking about innovation, it's really tapping on individuals who have a different perspective than you, right? And so when you're able to um, look in the room and see that there are all different people represented from different walks of life, um, only then are you really going to get every possible solution presented at the table. And then from there, when you have all of your options, you can select the option that's going to work best for you. But if you're not even at a place where you're in a diverse room to provide all the solutions, you're not going to be able to have the best end result because you're only selecting from a very narrow set of options. And so I think that um, there are things that we have implemented like our BRGs or having different groups that we can really tap into to ensure that we are not missing a perspective. So that does lead to, to innovation. And so I think once we have that representation and we begin to value what that representation actually means for the organization, will there be progress? Harper, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think to build off of some of what Erica is saying there, um, you know, hearing all the voices. Well, how are you going to hear the voices if you're not creating a space to hear the voices, right? There's a larger systemic challenge. We know that uh, for pipeline, right? As I'm going to OSTEM later this week to help with recruiting there. I've got a lot of thoughts around that. I've got a lot of thoughts around safety, you know, and how, how are we guaranteeing safety? Well, I can't promise safety, but uh, that's not for me to promise. But how do you identify with safety? How do you define that? For any underserved or underrepresented community, right? What what does access look like? Let's start there and start those conversations. And if fe- people, uh, I've I've had instances actually. Um, I won't really repeat. They're not my stories to tell. But uh, where folks have come to me and said, "Hey, this," and and it was able to help me understand the individual so much better. Um, and they went out on a limb to communicate that and open up about that in the first place to me, which uh, is tremendously helpful when you're creating a team and trying to communicate and work better across a team, right? You may think I have this meeting I've got to go to and this is something I've made a mistake in the past. Uh, You know, come running in because there's always a million things going on and we got a lot to do. And I'm like, hey, you're looking at this great research I need to get this information out to my technical team across the globe so they can play with these tools. Can you share with us in two days' time? Maybe it was less than that. I apologize profusely <laughs> once I realized what I did. Um, but could you explain what you're finding on the bench? Take ownership of the work that you're doing, right? Visibility for that individual as well. Um and let the team know what you're seeing presumptive so that they can go on the bench and test and try themselves and experiment. And uh, it really was not something that this individual was able to do from a comfort standpoint. 
I had no idea. I just bowled somebody over completely. Um, you know, and then we were talking about disc assessments, personality assessments, and the team, and really starting to talk about some of these things. Again, the creation of that space. Five years ago, we wouldn't have done this. You know, so this is tremendously powerful. If you're forming a team, uh, getting a team up and running, especially in the technical community, you might have somebody who's a little bit more extroverted, uh, a little bit more hangs with the sales folks type of job running into an R&D team who may operate a little bit differently saying, I need this. Yeah, this is going to be great. It's going to help you too. And they're like, uh-uh, uh no. <laughs> and then you have to be accountable for that, right? You have to also be willing to be vulnerable yourself uh, and admit that, wow, I didn't understand what I had just done and the pressure that I just put on somebody who takes a little bit more time, needs a little bit more time to process and talk about what they're saying. Um, asking for something in 24 hours is not reasonable. Uh, that's a right. research initiative, right? So uh, again, you know, applying that DEI lens, even in your day-to-day -day role as a scientist, it's something that's taught me a tremendous amount and, and continues to every single day. And as people become safe enough, feel safe enough to start to share, mm -hmm. uh, you may realize you've got, you've got so much more going on in the workplace than you even thought. Yeah, I think you, you bring up such a good point of, and both of you have touched on this, of the idea of, you know, DEI leads to diverse perspectives, leads to the feeling of, you know, safe spaces where people feel comfortable speaking. I know for me too, personally, it's it's been a little bit on the visibility too, right? So understanding that, you know, I don't want to walk into the room and just automatically be the other or something like that. I, it'd be nice to go into a room and feel, you know, from all perspectives that I belong there. And so, you know, the visibility of it also matters. Having people in leadership positions that you identify with on a personal level is is so helpful and also goes into creating that safe space. And so maybe diving down to, to both of you personally, I think we've talked a lot about professionally, um, and I know these two can blend together, but what has this inclusive culture meant? for you, um, I guess, on more of that personal, personal level. So Eric, I'll start with you. Okay, great, because I, I feel like Harper is about to outshine me on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I am someone who grew up in, so I am a Black woman. I don't know if I've stated this on the podcast, um, but I'm someone who grew up in a predominantly white environment. Um, I, I always say that, uh, oh, I was the first, you know, black person at my school. And then I have to correct myself because I have an older sister. So technically she was first. <laughs> um, but we were the, we were definitely the onlys um, in this small kind of farmer town. Mm. Um, and so I have always kind of been othered in spaces that I have walked into, right? People are always asking, you know, those, the typical questions, you know, about your hair and do you tan and, you know, all, all the questions that you get from people who have never had exposure to someone like you. And so, um, I, I know that it has always made me feel like I didn't belong anywhere. And then thinking about my journey going into college where I'm like, oh, there's more black people. Um, the, the first time I've ever had a class with a black person was my second semester of my senior year in high school. Wow. And so going into college and seeing more people that are related to me that look like me, um, <laughs> it was, it was very interesting because I was also othered in that community as well, because I didn't show up 
however people expect you to show up. And so um, for me, um, this has been kind of affirming that I can just be who I am. And, you know, I, I really appreciate being able to also advocate for others who have maybe not, you know, the same story, but have similar feelings um, and can relate to that experience. And so I love being able to be in a position that I can really advocate for voices um, that may not feel comfortable advocating for themselves, may not feel comfortable, you know, kind of risking whatever it is that they believe that they are risking to have that peace, harmony, whatever within themselves by speaking up. And so I really appreciate that my role, you know, is this and that they pay me. (laughs) That's, that's really my, my personal journey. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Harper, what about you? Yeah. So I'm a volunteer for the organization with like two jobs for the organization. <laughs> but as, job. you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you heard a moment ago, though, like I've yeah. been able to leverage what I'm doing for my career growth, which is fantastic. And I encourage other folks who are on the fence about working with a BRG, you know, knowing, yes, it's challenging work, but make sure it's in your goals. Make sure it's visible. Make sure your manager is supporting it in your goals uh, and you are taking ownership of that. And that is a way of forming your own career path, which is something that Ingredion actually does pretty well from my experience. We're we're given the autonomy to create the jobs that we want to see at the organization. Sometimes we can create a whole new role that didn't exist. So, you know, that that's another way of looking at all of this. But Oh, being othered. I went with they, them pronouns. I just othered myself. That's it. I also realized, though, uh, Yes, I am other, uh, but I am in a tremendous place of privilege. And I I come from corporate. I'm not manufacturing. And this is something that worries me every day, honestly. Um, it's one of the things that keeps me up at night. And after uh, going to Out and Equal, we have conversations, irons in the fire to figure this out. Um, one thing that recently came uh, about because of some of our conversations was urban culture versus rural culture and this idea. So as far as being other goes and being a leader and being visible in the organization, my manager says that I'm a leader. <laughs> I'm not a global <laughs> leader, but I'm a global connector of dots. I am a leader. Uh, you know, I don't have any direct reports, that being said, but I have a whole lot of people pulling for initiatives that I'm that I'm saying, we got to do this, which is crazy. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways that leadership can look in the organization. I'm visible, yeah. Um, but again also othering to folks who are in this rural type of setting and in manufacturing. Uh, I'm trying to create safe spaces, but by doing that, I can also be alienating. And I realize that. So building that cultural connect is a next big thing for us, I think, coming in 2023 as we talk about our strategy planning. (laughs) Again, thinking of how the whole organization operates. What do we do about those who, uh, or how can we support those who work for us, but work as union? workers, right? That's another thing that's recently come up that I didn't even think of that angle. Going back to that collaboration and listening to folks as well, folks that are from different uh, different spaces in the organization, or in fact, are 
partner organizations all trying to figure out the same problem as we work externally. Um, passion of mine has always been customers, right? So uh, always been at trade shows, always been looking to others in the industry for what are their best practices. Um, and that continue, only continues to grow for me as I blab <laughs> about this kind <laughs> of stuff externally uh, on platforms such as yours. Um, yeah, so there, there's a whole lot of thoughts, obviously, about othering, uh, being othered. Um, and are you even trying to serve a community accidentally othering, you know, othering others? Out? Right. More to come as I continue to work on this, because it's never going to go away. I, I'm not going to be able to quit working on this, Erica. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Okay, we're in this together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something I, I'm quite passionate about. Um you know, even with my day job, it's, and then, like I said, it opens up a whole new avenues of uh, success for team members, you know, within your day job, including yourself. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, again, we, we spend so much of our t lifetime at work that you want it to be a place that is welcoming for everyone. And because not only does it help you get your work done, but it makes you feel good about going there and spending your time there and, and being at that organization. So maybe we can use that to lead into really my final, my final question and some final thoughts from both of you. But what have you experienced at Ingredion that you hope others and other organizations are doing to support, engage, and, and retain employees? Again, thinking about this inclusive environment. Erica, I'll start with you. Uh, I would just like to caution how employees are messaging their DEI strategy. And I think that it's, of course, we are businesses, right? We are organizations, businesses at the end of the day. But I really think that thinking about how you're communicating what you're doing to your employees and being people centric about it, right? And I know we've spent some time during this conversation talking about how diversity leads to innovation. And I just think that before we start having these conversations, it's important to really lead with, I'm doing this because it's the right thing to be doing, period, like end of sentence. Um, and then will those people feel like, oh, okay, so you actually are looking out for me, right? Like you're actually caring about who I am and not just me as a cog in the machine, right? Like not just like a piece in a puzzle, but you're thinking about how how this impacts my life um, once I leave the walls that are this workplace, right? So um, I think for me, what would be really important is about thinking about this as a people-centric initiative, doing this because it's the right thing to do. And that will make the decisions, in my opinion, easier. And you will automatically see the business results because you will have an, an engaged person who wants to contribute and go above and beyond for this organization. So I think to me, what would be important is looking at it as people-centric, putting people first in how we are um, supporting DE&I. Um, and I think that that is going to set you up for success. It seems simple, uh, but I think a lot of organizations kind of miss that and are thinking about it as to what does this do for me? And that can make it seem very performative. Right. So thinking about it from what how can I as an organization really support and go above and beyond what the government truly is offering people as my role as a as an organization, as a company. 
I love that. That's a such a good answer, and it's uh, the totally right way that this should be approached. And like you said, just to make it not so performative, but add really a value adding um, to the employees as well as the employer. It's a, a mutual benefit for sure. Harper, what what are your thoughts here? Yeah, um, a lot of different things come to mind. Corporate social responsibility being one of them. Uh, as we're talking about, you know. We're, we operate in a capitalist environment. In that environment, uh, more and more people are voicing, from what I've been hearing, more and more people are voicing, uh, you know, we look to corporations, to Erica's point, to keep us on track for opportunities, development, safety, all, all of those things, um, where we don't necessarily, as a culture, as I understand it in the United States of America, it's a nice statement. I'm making a nice statement, I promise. Want government to step in as much, right? We we want autonomy, but we want uh, we do realize that there are forces at play that need to present themselves in the in the right direction. And that's where corporate social responsibility in my book sort of is landing these days from my current perspective and understanding of the world around me as I'm getting a little older. Um, interesting stuff that's happening in, in our era in the last few years, for sure, on this front. But going to the cost of business or to business, uh, the advance uh, advantages to business, what's in it for me? I mean, nobody wants to have to bring in scientists and retrain them all the time. It takes a lot to do that. You're losing ideas. You're losing innovative, innovative minds. You're losing power in, in positioning in uh, the market by losing people constantly. And that knowledge drain is painful. So why would you want folks you know, to have an opportunity to be like, well, this place and leave. Um, I think embracing that that shift that it is change management. Change management is challenging. There's always going to be challengers to it. There's always going to have to be some mental agility and working around things and, and then trying to see, you know, wait, this angle didn't work. What if I say it this way? Does that get somebody on board? Can this help? But I think going through that process really builds more trust and connectivity, uh, not only faith of the, the people in the organization itself, because there's some more transparency starting to happen in those processes, um, but also in the teams themselves as well and building of those networks. And that really for the bottom line is helpful for an organization, in my opinion. Also, you know, being able to do business with folks that are that are a little bit different. Maybe you have a purpose-driven organization that wants to buy from you, but they're not sure what you're actually doing for their purpose, right? Um, if you can't uh, supply those people, well, then that's, that's a whole group of people you're not able to work with and grow your business with. Um, so it's just, it is a good business decision from a few different angles, in my opinion. Thank you both for the conversation on this really important topic. I really, really enjoyed it. And to our listeners, if you're enjoying Food Disruptors, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes or by connecting with IFT. You can find us at IFT on Twitter and by searching the Institute of Food Technologists on Facebook and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening to Food Disruptors. I'm your host, Matt Teagarden. Have a great day, everyone.